second look. But that's super, isn't it, that? What am I looking at? Video. Oh, the car. <laughs> yes, King Morty. Um, yes. Dude, do you want to... Um, we're live, by the way, just before you say something Amazing. totally inappropriate. Um, do you want to uh, share this on your Facebook? If I can figure it out, we'll do that. You can say no if you want. It will be on um, my page. Just click share. Okay. The reason being, dude. Um, yeah, I'm sure there's a way where it will automatically log into my Facebook, maybe. Oh, don't worry if you're... Uh, if you're... Oh, you will. No, that's all right. Hang on, I'll do it. I'll do what I'm on. We're on. We're on. We're on, Mike. Oh, all right, what page am I going to? Man's plan. Or Alec Myers. A discipline. Uh, yeah, either. It's on both. The stream yeah. yard's legit. There we go. It's a bomb, mate. It's a bomb. It's oh. a bomb. It's a bomb. Do right. I, let, I me feel grab, let me grab the discipline project real quickly so I can share it on my page. Yeah. I am um, excited. Oh, there I, feel, I am. I feel lucky today, man, because this is the second meeting we've had. It is, mate. Eh? I know. It is, it is are you? Um, you're sailing close to the wind. Join me live. There we go. All right, we are. Um, we're in the game. We're in the game. I'm ready to. Uh, I'm ready to rock and roll. Yeah, boss man. I've been working with you for uh, I think six years now, man. It's a long time. Long, long time. It is a long time. I still remember those days where you wouldn't even eat ketchup, mate. Oh no, dude. Think, things have changed, man. You've changed me. Um, mate, it's crazy because I've. It, it, it's weird. We're working together back then, but I've transformed completely since then as well. Well, dude, why do you think I've continued to work with you for six years? It's like whenever whenever I step up, like you've stepped up another level as well. So it's, uh, interesting. it's an interesting dynamic, that isn't it? Well, do you remember the, f- the first time I worked with you, by the way? It was that weekend. It was like, a, I think it was a 36 hour straight sleep deprived week. I mean, you don't do these anymore, but we were boxing, we were fighting. It was yeah. insane, right? I fucking loved it, by the way. It's still one of my favorite things. <laughs> but you, after those events, you used to take what? Two, three, four days out of the game because you just minimum, minimum. I couldn't handle the pace. It was it yeah. just steal all my capacity, my energy. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, six years. So listen, let, let's skip the foreplay, right? What I'm really interested in, because uh, this is a bit of an honor for me, because like I say, I've worked with you, we've had so many conversations, but I've never really had the chance just to grill the fuck out of you for an hour. About. Yeah, I've been, I've been, it's weird, yeah. No, 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 there's loads of stuff. Like obviously, I know how you do things, but I don't always know your thought process behind them. So I'm, in, I'm interested to know more about that. So yeah. I reckon you've coached what it must be into the thousands of guys. I'd say right? about fifteen, sixteen hundred men, maybe even higher. Yeah. Right. So what yeah. I'm really interested in, probably everybody listening in as well, what's the difference between those guys in in, in those kind of numbers, sixteen hundred guys, between the ones that really step up and succeed and and turn their life around versus the ones that sign up, do the coaching with you, but don't just quite cut it, don't make it. Like what what's the difference? What's the biggest difference that you've seen? Um. It's a great question, mate. Usually, guess who taught me? Guess who taught me how to ask great questions, Paul Moore? <laughs> hey, mate, I'm not UK Master Coach of the Year too. You're going to find out, eh? And listen, you don't get to coach that many people without having a great set of questions to go to. Mm. So, I suppose the difference is probably something to do with leverage and values. So, the, the it tends to be, and you know how this is, mate. The guys that are in often. It's usually the right amount of pain. It's the right amount of pain. Because you get some guys that are they're kind of addicted to the pain, i.e. they get something from not changing. So you get all these guys that come in and they're like, yeah, I'm going to do it. This is the program for me. I can't wait. And then two guys get the same tools. You know how it is. One of them moves forward. One of them stays still. Despite him saying, 
my life is shit. This part of my life is shit. And that's simply because they get something from staying the same. Mm. Okay, and they may get attention from their wife. They may get extra love, extra care, extra affection because they play up, or they might quite simply like, I would call this a secondary benefit of having a shit life. They get too, they see too much secondary gain in not doing the work. Even though they say they want to do it, even though they say they're in pain, even though life, it's why people stay in shit jobs because they see too much pain in, in, in changing and they see too much, they'll have to give too much up if they change. So uh, the biggest difference is really leverage. And I don't necessarily mean how much they want it. I suppose I mean what they perceive as drawbacks, negatives, and disadvantages of staying the same versus positives, advantages, and payoffs of changing. Yeah. So it's a, it's a it's a it's a, a weird mix of leverage and values because um, you get guys that come in and value staying the same more than value and change. That's that's if I was to boil it down to one thing, it would probably be that. So you've been through your fair share of coaching as well. I know you spent a lot of money on your own game, your own self development. I'm sure through that process, right? There's been things that have worked really well for you and things that haven't. Yeah. What, if if there was one like turning point, so for me it was the start of working with you. You know, I tried therapy, counselling, all sorts. It was when I met you, and that combination of action and tough love worked, worked really well for me. What What's the thing that's worked best for you? That's a, another great question, man. Man, I'm on fire. Man, I'm not fucking whole list here. I mean, <laughs> man, the reality, the reality is, I feel like <clears throat> it doesn't have to be the thing that works. It's me that worked. Does that make sense? Kind of. You put me in any program, and if I am committed enough, it's not about the program. It's often about me being committed enough to do the work. So you give me, it's like if you put me on a training program, you give me a shit training program. It won't matter as long as I did it. Yeah. Right? You you know this, mate. Me and you worked together last summer. You got me in fucking phenomenal shape. Yeah. You didn't let me train a program. I did the training. You kept me accountable. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So what worked for me? I mean, I would say that almost every program I've ever done has worked for me, from Wake Up Warrior, because it's what I needed at the time, to Byron Katie's work, which is what I needed at the time, to the masterminds that I've joined, which is what I've needed at the time. But it, it all boils down to, the, it, was it the program that worked or was it me that worked? Or how much of it is to do with the coach? So, for example, yeah, time, right, everything. Yeah, you've got timing that comes into play. The guy who's delivering the course, um, where you're at. There's so many things that need to fit for coaching, yeah. isn't there? Yeah. Uh, and, and I think that that's just as important. Um, but who delivers? I think the style, the style of the delivery is really important. Um, because, and actually, do you know what else I think is important? The amount, the amount of money you put in the game. Yeah, yeah. We were talking about this this morning. If it's something lower end, like you give me a 15 quid ebook, I'm not going to do anything with it. Even an audiobook. Listen, I have I have put together a world class audiobook, right? But I know that. 99% of the people that listen to it, read it, whatever you want to put it, I love that crown name. It fits me. I mean, it's a bit too big for it, though. Um, I wish it was on my side. <laughs> but you put me in it, you, 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 you give me a book that's world-class. It's got all, loads of great content in it. That's life-changing. But mm. most people won't do anything with it simply because of the price point. So I think that a lot of stuff comes into play in terms of what programs have worked for me. And I think that one of the things that probably comes into play is kind of 
taking your time with making the decision a little bit. Like, I think you got a lot of people who just dick hop. They jump from one program to the next and then the next and then the next. And then the, all the while they realize that the problem isn't the program, it's them. Yeah. I bet you find this on social media as well, where you have the same people liking stuff for a short period of time and then they'll move on to somebody else's content and then somebody else's. Yeah. And they take it, but they don't really absorb and do something with it. Yeah. I yeah. think it's more trendy now, isn't it, to jump it from really popular. Dick Hoppin, yeah, Dick Hoppin. Yeah, yeah. well, when, I, when I've looked, I've been working with you and Jeff Thompson now be, between the two of you guys since I was 20, yeah. and it, it's it's really worked. It's really well, worked well for me. I love that because, and this is the, this has been my pattern, because I used to do the Dick Hoppin as well, by the way. Hmm. My pattern for probably the last year where I've seen the biggest growth in my life across the board in terms of my awareness, my consciousness, my, my fitness, my health, my consistency across the board, my business, my leadership skills, like the 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 I think Matt wanted to go join in there. The, the one of the biggest changes I've seen was that I decided that you know what, I'm not going to keep jumping around. I'm going to choose one coach that's going to help me in each area, and I'm going to stick with that for like the year. That's me. I mean, yeah. all in on this one area. Yeah. Um, I think that that definitely plays an impact as well. Like, take your time over your decisions. Don't rush into it. And look at, and again, you said this about the coach. I think you've got to choose a coach that's kind of doing what you want to do at some level, or who has the results that you're looking for, or who is at least work with people that have the results that you're looking for. Yeah, and and Paul, it's funny you say that because firstly, I had to call my sister to lend the money to give me the money so that I could start working with you. So it was that important. Like it had to work. Like it wasn't an option. Like it had yeah. to fucking work. And yeah. secondly, I only started seeing my very best results when I'd been in your program for I'd say about between three and four years. Haven't said that. Yeah, it's mad, isn't it? It's mad. And I think that, that often it depends on what you're going into a program for, because I think some programs we join them because we want the information. Mm. Sometimes we're like, can I get the information? But that doesn't always equal transformation. So I think for a program to work, it has to have a lot of different things. For I have to have the right amount of leverage. I have to be doing something that I value. I have to. It has to be a combination of maybe I want the information. Do I want the transformation? Is it the person delivering? Is it the timing? Is it the amount of money that I put in? So actually, if you think about that, that's quite a lot of things that need to be mm. right. Yeah. For a program to work. Well, it's like a book as well, isn't it? Like you can read the same book twice, but you read it one time oh, yeah. in your life, and it, it it's it's you know it's nothing. I read Jeff Thompson's Warrior yeah. three times now, and 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 I can't even remember reading it the first time. I can't remember any of it. Mm. Crazy, yeah. and I definitely completed it. I definitely clocked it, but yeah. it's, it's it's mad how that happens. And I, and I think yeah, there are there are a lot of there are a lot of factors coming into play when joining a program, hiring a coach, to making it work. But I think I think ultimately it comes down to our willingness to do the work. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, here, here's a question I, I probably think you haven't been asked before. And um, this is you know when you you know when you start something and, and you grow a business and you know um, you start to churn over a lot of great results, a lot of great testimonials, and there's a lot of guys stepping forward saying, "Look, I've been working with Paul, and I'm doing great." Do you not yeah. find that some guys then come into the program? expecting that they're going to do really well because everybody else is and they don't work as hard. I always find when I grow my coaching programs, the more success I get, I also on the back end have more failure rates because people think it's easy. Oh, of course. And I think that, that, that it's because that thing that happens at the start of any change, which is what we call uninformed optimism. Yeah. Optimistic that this is going to be the program for us. We're, going to, we're optimistic that this is, the, the, this is the, the time that I set a goal and I'm going to hit it, but we're uninformed. 
We're uninformed about the work required. Yeah. We're uninformed about what's expected. We're uninformed about how we're going to respond to obstacles and challenges during the time. So it's very, we can go from, um, we can go from uninformed optimism to informed pessimism in a matter of hours. And often you've got to think about this. As we grow something, of course, there's going to be some skew. And I remember this time last year, actually, I was working with John Martini over in Dublin. Mm. And he said to me, Paul, as long as you're addicted to praise, you're going to attract more criticism. And that's the same with results. If you attract guys that are getting results, you're going to attract guys that don't. Yeah. If you're not attracting that, then you're not growing big enough. How much info do you give somebody then at the start before before they join? A, like you know that transformation is tough, right? Transformation is yes. hard. In fact, it's really fucking hard. Yeah. So, how much info do you give somebody? Because look, we don't want to just spell out how how difficult it is, even though we know what's coming up. But like the first three years with you were really rough for me, man. Really rough. Um, I didn't realize how much I had to do. Yep. Um, and like I said, I only really started to see the benefits after three years. It was just because of my stubbornness. And I think your growth as well. Yeah. If you'd have stayed the same, Paul, I think I'd, I'd have left after a year or two. Because yeah. I kept seeing your changes. I was like, yeah. you're doing something. There's something you know you're what? doing. You know what's mad as well, Alex? Some people decide to leave because they see my changes because they can't keep up. And here's another thing I've noticed. Some people won't give their coach praise. They're, they're nervous to give praise in case other people start watching what they do. Yeah, it's like a dirty little secret. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think it's always good to be vocal about the people who have helped you in your yeah. life. Like I always refer to them for me. Dude, it's huge because that's how you build relationships. You don't, yeah. build a relation, you don't build a real relationship with someone who you keep a secret. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's like me getting married on the slide. To Leslie, yeah. I'm not telling anybody that I'm married. It's it's like a secret love child. Yeah, it's like a secret love child. So it's um, it's yeah, it's a, it's a, I've totally lost track of the question because that question just popped up. Let's answer that one. Uh, do you like the man, Mr. Tony? Mr. Um, Tony I do like Tony Robbins. What I'm not a massive fan of, and this is why I don't go to many of the events. It's just that whole fanboy thing that goes on. Rub noses, sing fucking. I believe I can fly. <laughs> Yeah, like I, I, I personally do like Tony Robbins. Yeah, who have you been your uh, main players there? Who's who's been your biggest influences over the years? Barrett White was the guy that woke me up. Yeah, yeah. and Byron Katie was the lady that transformed my thoughts, particularly around people. Yeah, um, Debbie Ford or the Debbie Ford Institute helped me realize that actually I'm not a bad person. Sometimes I just do shit things. Yeah. It, it, that, that taught me how to accept accept all of myself, even the bad traits, which is why that's what loving yourself is, is accepting all of you. Um, oh, let's, yeah. let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. Let's talk um, about that. Let, I, let's talk about some pain. Let's Because, um, you know, I love a bit of fucking pain. <laughs> Dude, yeah. when, you, when you fuck things up, and let's face it, when you fuck up, like, it affects your family, right? Your wife, your kids. Yeah. How do you deal with uh, the guilt of that? Like, let's say three years has passed and, you know, yeah. you put your family through the mill. Like, how, how do you get past that point? How, how do you accept that you did that and you're not a bad person for it? It's just you did some dumb shit and things didn't work out. Like, yeah. Where do you even start with getting over that? Well, guilt starts. Guilt only happens when all I can see is the negative of that behavior. And I think it's been negative for everybody, okay? It's the same place where things like, for me, last week, my friend dying, my me getting sick, all of these bad things that have been coming out with, tearing my bicep, getting my Facebook ad account shut down, getting banned from driving, all this shit's happened to me this year. Uncle Nobhead, bullying and trying to intimidate my wife. All of this shit came my way. 
And the only reason I was able to handle it and navigate it, literally with hardly any issues at all, was quite simply because I'm able to see the other side of it. I'm able to find gratitude inside of that. So the reason I'm saying this is because guilt only pops up when I can only see the negative. So I think that the thing that I did was negative for everybody. The reality is there's no negative without a positive. There's no positive without a negative, right? So when you were saying about people getting results, that's positive. If people are getting positive results, there's also people getting negative results through no fault of your own. It's just the, the law of polarity, right? So guilt happens when all I can see is the negative. The reality is those three years that I put my wife and family through, there's gifts in there. I wouldn't be doing what I do now for a start. My wife wouldn't be doing what she does for a start. My kids are both badasses who I'm teaching how to live. So there's, there's so many negatives in there. The badasses that I'm teaching how to live. And the only reason I'm able to teach them how to live now is because I fucked up so much then. Yeah, I can see now how you can see that. Yeah. Well, I guess when you're on that cliff top, right, thinking about yeah. ending your own life, that's yeah. that's what happened. You couldn't see anything good in that situation. No. 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 Anything good at all. Because the thing is, when you're that low, there is no logic. Yeah. No logical faults, those. There's no logic. There's just emotion. And it's all it, that none of them are none of them are positive emotions. The only mm -hmm. thing you're positive about is that you don't want to be here anymore. Mm -hmm. That's the only thing you're positive about. So yeah, well, in that situation, it's very difficult to change that. Um, yeah. Plus, back then, I didn't know I didn't know anything about this stuff. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So is, is pain still? Obviously, pain was a motivator for you back then, right? Pain. Yeah. Made you jump on that plane, fly to America, do all the work with, with, with Garrett. What yeah. motivates you now then? If that if that's not there as much, what, what drives you now? Impact. Impact. Impact 100 percent Impacting the impacting one man at a time, impacting yeah. my kid, impacting my team, impacting my staff. Sometimes that's not always positive. I, I came in the other week when I was really struggling after my friend died, and I was a fucking dick. I had to apologize for it, but again, there would have been a blessing in that. There's a gift in there somewhere, right? Maybe, maybe Paul doesn't be, need to be here for meetings all the time. There was something positive that came of that in that I don't answer all of my emails now. Somebody else will do a bit of that. There was loads of positives came of it. Um, but yeah, my, my, my mission now, if you like, is impact. And you can only impact people through example. That's my whole thing. All, all I try and be is an example. And this is why I share the whole story. There's a lot of people that try and do what I do. They only share the fucking highlight reel. I'm sharing when I'm sick. I'm sharing when I'm struggling. I'm sharing when my friend dies. I'm sharing when people give me shit on the internet. I found yesterday, yesterday I'm looking for an article online. I found a forum with a thing dedicated completely to talking shit about me. I'm okay with that because I'm able to find a positive in it. It's quite flattering as well when you think about it. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing, yeah. I'm just glad I'm not my friend James Smith because he had a whole fucking hundreds of people talking shit about him. <laughs> yeah, dude, what's going on? When, when you get when you get people who are struggling, who are spending their time doing this, doing yeah. these things, what, what do you think drives them? Like, we know they're not happy, right, if they're spending their time fucking sitting on forums. feel significant. Yeah. It makes them feel like they are enough. They feel significant. They will do what it takes to be significant, right, or to feel significant. And you've got to consider how boring somebody's life must be to have the time to do that. Imagine having the time to go on a forum under an anonymous profile and talk shit. And it's not just like, I don't agree with these methods. It's like, I hate his voice. What? Yeah. I hate his voice. It's irritating. He's egotistical. Well, of course I'm egotistical. I'm on fucking Instagram. That's all it is. That's what you do on Instagram. You talk about yourself. You know what I mean? And then one woman's like, oh, he's... he's um, I hate it when he sniffs and he has snot in the back of his throat and that. I'm like, that's what happens when you do nothing but sniff coke for 10 years, mate. Your nose is fucked. Your nose is fucked. Yeah. Do you know what I 
cold now. I don't even get a snotty nose because my nose and my nostrils are so fucked. Yeah. I broke Do you know what I mean? It's like it was. It was. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Some, some of the stuff that comes up is insane, right? I mean, look at the profile picture. That's what you get from eating Tesco uh, fucking chicken, fat boy. You, yeah. want to you shouldn't be eating that shit anyway. Anyway, here's really fucking dog food, mate. Anyway, they say, yeah, so what's going on in their mind is they just want to feel significant. They've got nothing else better to do. So they, they, the purpose for the day is, let's see if anybody else feels the same way as me about Paul Mott. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, 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 I'm okay with that. Do you ever feel like you're, you're fighting a losing battle sometimes? Like, you know, like we clearly look at the world and, and the state. Like most men, let's face it, most men are struggling right now. Like most men are struggling. And, and I, you know, and I know your values as a coach, you want to help people. Like that, that's what you want to do. But do you ever look around and think, fuck me, we are in deep shit here. We're in trouble. I don't, you know. No. I don't, I don't because my mission's really just impact one man at a time. And... I think that I don't see a lot of this stuff. I get a lot asked a lot of questions about stuff and I just don't know the answer because I'm like, no, I haven't seen it. Have you seen this? Nah. So I wouldn't know. Right now, I wouldn't know the numbers on suicide. My mm. team, my, when, I, when I made my book, the research team went after it, and that's when I was surprised. I was like, holy shit. Sometimes when I go on holiday and I see the state of some of the blokes when I'm on holiday, they're with their kids and they're pissed all the time. And they're fucking, and they've got tits. I'm like, men aren't supposed to have tits, mate. Come on. And again, as aggressive and as angry as that sound, that's the only time that I really know this. And again, I'm not, actually, I am. I'm going to say I'm not judging anybody. If that's your choice to get steaming on holiday, I totally get it. I understand it. I've done it. It's your choice if you want to have a, 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 a pair of tits and that. That's fine too. I totally understand it. But that's the only time that I really know this. I'm like, yeah. It, it actually, it makes what I'm doing even more important. Not like I'm fighting a losing battle. So I could see how I could see it like that. But really, it's actually, it means what I'm doing is even more important. Yeah. And it's where we put our attention as well, right? Yeah. But yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like it, it, um, it, it matters even more when I see things like that. Yeah. yeah. So coming to the end of this this lockdown now, you know, it's, it's coming to, to an end, I think, from from some apparently. of the analysis that yeah, apparently. Yeah. Do you think there's going to be some positive changes come from this or do you think everyone's going to go out and get absolutely fucking rat-assed in June when the pub's open? I think that's going to happen. Yeah. But I also, I hope, I mean, hope's not a very good strategy, but I think that maybe people won't take that health as granted, for, for as granted as they used to before. Mm. Uh, the health for, uh, as granted as they did before, but listen, you never know. It's like this. I was watching this thing yesterday. It was with a footballer called Wolf Zahar, right? And he was saying, listen, this taking a knee thing was great at first, but no one gives a fuck anymore. Yeah. We're just doing it for the sake of doing it. People have forgotten about it. And I think when gyms first open, they may get really busy again, but people do what they do. People will do what they do. People will do what they value the most. And remember, what you value the most is always demonstrated in your actions, not by what you say. So will something positive come of it? I think stuff won't get um, taken for granted as much. Like for me, I'll never take jujitsu for granted anymore, particularly because I can't do it right now. But I couldn't do it before. There's a lot of things, haircuts, beard trims. But actually, I think mostly people will just, they will take on most of the behaviors that they did before. Some people will come out positive. Some people will come out negative. Some people will come out exactly the same. Yeah. Yeah. It'll, It'll all just fall into place naturally. Who trims your hair and beard? Does Leslie do it? Get the scissors on your hair and that now? Yeah, so my friend died was a barber. Right, my friend okay. died was a barber. And, and last lockdown, 
in, in May last year, he taught Leslie on Zoom. This is how I'm seeing people are like, oh, my business has gone out of business. I'm like, how? Everybody can adapt. My friend Stoney adapt by teaching people's wives how to cut their hair and trim their beard on the internet. You know what I mean? Teach, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah it's really weird, man. I went to his funeral. It was not last Tuesday, the Tuesday before. And I came back and Nina had found, that's my daughter for you guys watching, she found a comb, a metal comb down the side of a chain. It was fucking stonies that had been there since last May. She found it on the day of his funeral. That bastard didn't even know it was missing. Yeah. <laughs> and he was, he just running around all the time, stressed. She said, yeah. it was that cutting people's hair in heaven. I said, you're fucking damn right. He'd be running yeah. around, talking people's fucking ears off. And uh, yeah. yeah, but isn't that mad, that? Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so he, he, Leslie takes care of all of that now, yeah. Cool, man. Cool. Well, you're looking sharp still, I've got to say. Better than me, isn't it? I mean, look at the state of that. That's moving a bit, isn't it? As a man, I think when we talk about um, we talk about this concept of self-love, everyone's like, you love yourself. I'm like, self-care is self-love. Like, mm. I getting a haircut and a beard trim is a sign of self-care, right, and self-love. And, you know, I remember when I first got diagnosed way back when, 2014, when I was struggling with, with suicidal thoughts and bipolar, I once looked at one of the questionnaires. So you basically used to sit there with like a shrink or something that had a questionnaire. And one of them was something to do with like physical appearance and uh, like, what would you call it? Like grooming. Yeah. And actually, that must be a sign that someone isn't caring for themselves. First hand, yeah. I can say that. I think when I was at my lowest, yeah, I wouldn't shower for fucking dad. I didn't give a fuck. I just wouldn't shower. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and confidence is a big thing. Well, I've, got, I've, got a, I've got a big um, online seminar Thursday. Tomorrow, Leslie, you'll cut my hand and trim my beard. Yeah. Yeah. Well, look, we talk about self-love, but, like, you have to work at self-love. Like, if you really want to like yourself, you have to start by respecting yourself, don't you? And you have to, you have to, you have to act like a man who respects himself. You have to it is just an action. Yeah, yeah. it's just an action. I think we're in a in a world where a lot of men just hate themselves for the past and for where they're at right now. There's only yeah. one way to really change that, and that's action, really. Yeah. And you got to think about this. A lot of men will, well, why the fuck would I do that? I'm a fuck. I just need a man up. Well, not really, do you? The thing is, we're all. If you're a man with kids and you're married, right? You love these people, and if you want to give love, you can't give from an empty fucking cup. You can't give from an empty vessel. Right, so I'm like, this is one of the things that I that I like to do. If I want to impact people, they're not going to listen to me. They're not going to pay attention to me if I'm not a fucking lighthouse. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm like, I can't be teaching my kids to eat healthy. I can't be saying to my kids, you need exercise when I'm not willing to do it. I can't be saying to my kids, don't speak to your mum like that when I'm speaking to her like that. I can't say to them, put your fucking iPad down when I'm like that with my phone. So it's the same with love. Like, I can't give love if I am empty of it. Yeah, it makes total sense. Uh, boss, I've got a question. I've got a good question. <laughs> if you could improve your discipline in any area right now, if, if there's one area of your life that needs more of your discipline, what is it? What do you think? Well, the, the, well, the, yeah. <laughs> nutrition. 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 Yeah. yeah, nutrition. Yeah. What are you finding so hard about it? What, what, what's, the, what's the challenge? Um, not enough pain. Yeah. Um, we've talked about that before. I think that I don't really have a goal right now. I feel like I'm waiting for this whole thing to get better because it's a... Uh, don't even see, can you see that? Can you see where it's fucked? You're just showing your bicep off. Watch this. Watch this. Watch okay. it. Top. Can you see oh, yeah. that? Yeah, I can see it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, supposed, yeah. There's supposed to be a muscle between there and there. There's not one there. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's kind of getting in the way. 
Um, although yesterday I did feel a little bit of tinge of excitement when it was like, right, you can go on holiday again. Yeah. Because I'm like, oh shit, we better it's do some work. Yeah. 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 yeah I, think, um, I think that that's that's always my number one area of discipline because yeah. it's easier. It's easier not to be disciplined there, right? Yeah, absolutely. So when you're coaching a guy then that like isn't in pain, let's just say they've been working with you for a year and they come out of pain, right? And traditionally, this is where I see guys sometimes falling back into old habits because the, yes. you know, the reason of change, the pain isn't there anymore. What what do you advise for these guys then that are sat in the middle place where they're not in pain but things still could be a lot better? Like where where do they go from there? How do they approach their? How do they change their mindset? How do they approach goal setting when they're they're, they're neither in pain nor pleasure? I think it's got to be about activating one of those two again, mm. activating them with great questions. So can I activate pain? Can I activate pleasure? And that is going to be essentially about building out another mission, another outcome, and then adding in the pain or the pleasure around that. So for example, um, I'm, next Friday, I'm doing the Goggins thing, by the way. I don't know if I've told you about this. Uh, no, go on. Four miles every four hours for 48 hours. Oh, right. Are you doing that? Fucking hell. Have you been trained for it? No. <laughs> you always do this, man. Yeah, not you, at all. That's one of the hardest things you haven't trained. So fuck. <laughs> it's next Friday, so they've organised it for my friend that died. It's for him. I would yeah. only do it for him. You're not right, okay. anybody else died. That includes all of my friends watching. I wouldn't do it for you. So this so, is what you're saying, right? Like you need a strong reason, don't you? To I do, do need a strong. Re- I need a strong reason. So I wouldn't do it for fun. I wouldn't do it to test myself, but. Also, I should tell you that I'm doing it with 20 kilos in a backpack as well. No, <laughs> dude, that's a stupid idea. It is. It is. For, Actually, anyone, for anyone listening who doesn't know, it's 48 hours, and every four hours you run four miles. So, you know, through the night, you don't sleep much. Also, I don't I don't run because uh, I had a bucket handle tear of my uh, meniscus about three years ago. So I don't run. The furthest okay. I run is a mile when I do the mile run test. So you'll just charge it around. Fuck it, I'm doing it. Yeah. And, <laughs> so if I knew about it sooner, I would have probably trained. Now I'll probably get one running or something. There's no point in doing more. I'm not fit enough to do it now. I'm not fit enough. Yeah. Um, so what I'm saying around that is it's a challenge that I have to train for. So I'm almost creating pain rather than, I think the problem a lot of the time is a lot of the guys, it's like when we talk about seeking out challenge, right? If we don't seek out challenge that inspires us, we attract challenge that doesn't. Most of the guys that I start with, most of the guys and the guys that you start with, they've attracted the challenge. Mm. I attracted the challenge of being out of shape. It, we started in last mo- April or something last year, April or May, we started, I think. And I'd attracted that challenge because I hadn't been tight in my nutrition. So because I wasn't seeking out the challenge of getting in better shape, of handling my nutrition, of training hard enough and often enough, I hadn't seek out the challenge. I attracted the challenge of being out of shape. Yeah. So then when I handle that challenge, I've got to create another one. Yeah, yeah. totally makes sense. Do you yeah. find that guys sometimes, um, and I know you're not a, a keen uh, fan of the word sabotage, sabotage, right? Do you, but do you find like, and I find myself doing this a, a little bit, I almost go backwards a little bit to, to, to remember what that fucking pain feels like. Like, you know, when you just flirt again with the idea that you might not train or you might start eating yeah. shit, or you might start boozing again, for example. Yes. And you almost get a reminder, don't you, of like, Alex? Oh, dude, well, mate, 100%. 100%. And I think, but I don't think the decision that we make to do that is based on anything but pleasure. Yeah. I, I think that that decision that we call self-sabotage is really self-soothing. Yeah. We'll do something 
that in the moment, people are, I don't, someone tried to argue me on Facebook the other day. I didn't even respond. And he was like, everyone has different reasons for doing things. I'm like, they don't. We do the thing at the time because all we can see is the perception of a payoff, a benefit, or a positive of doing this thing. That's all we can see. Yeah. We may be able to see a few negatives because clearly we know that when we drink, we're going to feel like shit the next day. We're going to get fat, right? We're going to spend loads of money. We're probably going to end up calling a dealer and we're probably going to end up acting like a prick, right? However, in that moment of having that pint, that goes to the back of the mind because all we can think about is the pleasure of the pint, the pleasure of opening the can, the pleasure of racking up a line, whatever that is, right? That's that's all we can see. So all of that, all of those decisions are based on pleasure. Yeah. So we have- actually, mate, you know, we talk about pain there. If we think about this, the decision's based on pleasure, but often that decision there is based on getting out of pain. Yeah. I mean, why would you need to get pissed unless it's to get out of pain? No, absolutely. And I had this conversation with Arjuna because I was saying, Arjuna, I don't know how to use anything other than pain to, yeah. to fuel me. Like even now, I use the pain of, oh, I could go back or I used to feel like this. So yeah. what, what do you recommend like, or, or how would you coach a guy who was – trying to, to use pleasure more to motivate than pain or... Well, I think, you-, you think about this actually, Al, right? Both of those are based on perception. Go on, explain more. Both of them are based on perception. So your perception of pain might be my perception of pleasure. You know what I'm saying? A little bit. So, so for example, I could... I'd be motivated by different things on every day. This is why we've got to be clear on the payoffs, the benefits... And the advantages and the positives, as well as the negatives, the drawbacks, the disadvantages, and the, yeah. So, one day, I might be motivated by the fact, fuck, I don't want to be fat. That's a pain-based decision. I'm not getting fat. Which, that's that's actually my goal right now, is to not get fat. Yeah. Because I don't really do any, especially now that I've been sick, and especially now that I'm doing this thing, fucking next Friday. Yeah. Madness. So, I'm just committed to not getting fat. However... Tomorrow, I could be, I want the pleasure of my body being the same as it is now. So it's all a perception. My perceptions will change all of the time. Mm. So it's all a perception. It might People might think next week is going to be, I'm, I'm, it's going to be painful. But actually, it might be a pleasurable experience for me because I get, I'm getting to do this for my friend. I might not have been asked. Someone might not have asked me to do it. That might, that might be more painful than being asked. So I could change that perception like that. Get what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, I do. Yeah. Do, do you think the only way, like you know, me and you could talk all day? It's all pain, right? But not most of us. When I'm fat, I'm not really in physical pain. Really, not that much physical pain, right? So it's a perception of pain, and, and I've got the pain of being fat. For some people, they don't give a fuck. They're actually okay being fat. They prefer the pleasure of eating what they want to the pain of being fat. So they don't actually see this pain of being fat as a pain at all. They're all right. Usually something something happens, doesn't it? Like most people see a picture of themselves or go to the doctors and their doctor says, look, man, you're you're in trouble here. For me, mate, for me, my reminder is usually uh, anything above 82 kilos. Yeah. Or the, the, do you know the, the, the waistband on your boxer shorts? Yeah. If that falls over, I know that I need to get my finger out. Yeah, I guess this is what I'm saying. Like, how do you how do you stop this bouncing? Those are my alarm clocks. Those are my alarm clocks. Yeah, yeah. We get a handle on this right now. Yeah, my biggest challenge right now is that I'm just in between goals. 
I'm waiting for this to get better. I've got this. That's my biggest challenge with this whole thing right now. I'm kind of in between. I feel like I'm stuck in an in-between place. I'm not fully committed to, I'm kind of fully, the only thing I'm fully committed to is just not getting fat. Yeah. Which is not really a powerful driver, which is probably why I can't get really disciplined around my food. Yeah. But I guess other things take priorities at some point in life, right? Where biz, like business comes first and sometimes and me getting into the, the physique of my life can wait. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And, and, and the thing is, I know how to get in great shape. I've got a great coach that can help me get me get me in great shape. But still, I have got a place, I've got to raise the value of getting in shape. Yeah. I've got to raise the value of it. Right now, there are just other things that I'm like, do you know what? I value that more. Yeah. I value totally. doing this thing next week more than low body fat. Totally makes sense. So who, who's the guy who's, who's the guy that signs up with you then, Paul? Like where where do you find most men are currently at? And what's the number one thing you do to move them from where they're at to, to start seeing some progress? It's a great question. Men that usually are struggle with, I probably say mood swings. Their moods all over the place. Their moods all over the place. They're quite volatile, and um, so they're not rock bottom. They're not sky high. They're kind of just cycling in between all these moods and emotions, and they don't know how to control and master them. Yeah. The first thing that I do with them is teach them um, the power of probably the power of perception and the power of focused attention. Yeah. And um, which is by asking great questions every morning, a bit of journaling, prompt yeah. the journaling if you like. So answering great questions that point your mind in a direction that doesn't send you off on a fucking tailspin. That has you basically retraining your brain, if you like, to notice positive before negative. Yeah. Like to notice positive before negative, to notice, to put you on empowering emotions rather than disempowering emotions. That's the first thing. And, and the, uh, alongside that, usually I'll teach something around energy. I'll usually teach them around energy because that whole energy thing, that whole palette thing that you know about with Jeff Thompson, that whole thing is important. I think the number one, the two biggest challenges that men have is that they don't know how to control their state. They don't know how to control their mood and their emotions and they have no purpose or no sense of purpose. Those are the two biggest challenges that I think that's the biggest challenge with modern men. Don't know how to control the state. Usually blame someone or something else for the way that they feel. And two, they have no sense of purpose. I either have no missions, they have no targets, they have no goals. They just wander through life from one drama to the fucking next. Yeah. Hey, what what did you think to the obviously I was lucky enough to be at the podcast that you did with Jeff? What yeah. that was some experience, man. I mean, that guy's next level. What did you think yeah. to how deep he goes with his spirituality and his his methods? Well, he made me cry. He made me cry. I was ready to hear quite a lot of that stuff. Me six months ago, probably wouldn't even ask Jeff to come on the podcast. Yeah because it was beyond my level of awareness, my level of consciousness, what I was ready to hear. I wasn't ready to hear it way back then. I was still a hustler and a grinder and an achiever and a fucking let's go and a resilience and a fucking how much can you suffer guy. I still love a bit of that. Or we'll be doing this fucking stupid run next week. <laughs> I still love a little bit of that to see what I'm capable of. But at the same time, I'm also ready for this next level of consciousness, which is what he talks about quite a lot. So yeah, it was, um, it was quite an emotional thing for me. He lost me a couple of times. Because I'm not, I, I'm not going to go from one to ten, but mm. it took from one to five, definitely. Yeah. What I found is that the longer I play this game, you start pulling from different directions, don't you? So you you become less of the mental toughness. Let's grind it out. Yeah. But you still understand that that is a, such an important part of the game. So things required, mate. 
Of course it is, man. I don't think you can get away from the fact that most guys just need a little bit more mental toughness. And that alone will allow them to, to go and delve deeper into the story. You think about fighting here, mate, right? Somebody's got a choke on me, right? Got a rear naked choke on me. It's all right knowing the escape. It's all right knowing the escape and being really good at the technique to get out of the choke. But it's still going to require some mental toughness because it's not going to go smoothly getting out of that mm. choke. I'm still going to have... I may be able to get the arm from under my chin on my fucking face. Sometimes that's worse. <laughs> so yep. I still got to grind that out. I'm not going to get out of a rear naked. I still got to grind it out while I make me way to here. I've still got to have some mental toughness. Yeah, absolutely, man. Do you think we've lost the initiation kind of phase for men now where they don't really ever develop into men? They, you know, we, we it's easy to stay as a child now, you know. Some people still, you know, are, are living. Awesome and the shit that happens inside of Unstartable. <laughs> there are and, and I wouldn't even say just men I'd say women too teenagers yeah. are trapped in fucking adults bodies yeah. yeah I'm telling it's still the guy who doesn't get his fucking ice cream so he stamps his feet yeah still I see it every day and this is why like, listen the guys will send me messages on, on my Facebook page at 3 o'clock in the morning and then lose their shit when I don't reply mm. what <laughs> hey, we're living it. There's a lot of entitlement in the world right now. They think that they're entitled for me to reply to every message they send me. They're not. They're, we're not entitled to fuck all. No one owes us anything. But that's so it. How, it's a big, how, big pandemic. That it is. How, how do we change it? And how do we help men, like almost go or help, or help young lads, boys go through the initiation phase of? I think just demonstrations is the only way we can do it. Yeah. Yeah. Demonstration example lighthouse. Anything else is exhausting, and this is, I think, one of the one of the challenges with a lot of this mental these mental health charities right now is that there's nobody really seems to be running them. That's like, yeah, I want to be like that. I want to do that. I want to be like that. It's like just, oh, let's just talk. I'm like, listen, that's just the fucking start, mate. Mm. That's just the start. If you can talk to me as much as you want, but if you then go back to doing what you did before, it doesn't fucking matter how many conversations we have, mate. You know what I, th I think that's what, when I was depressed at 28, I think what hurt the most was I felt like a little boy. Yeah. I felt like a powerless little boy, scared of everything, scared to do anything, scared yeah. of my action, scared of the consequence, scared to step up. Yeah. And, and was I, mean, quite I, was, I get it. I felt like a boy, but I was the boy that was crying out for attention. So I used to go running off mm. on the edge of a cliff, which is clearly a cry for help and attention. Not not every time, but it was in my case. I can only speak from my experience. When I used to go disappear on three-day benders and turn me phone off and that, I didn't really not want to talk to my wife. I just wanted attention from her. I just wanted empathy. I wanted all that fucking the shit that goes with it because I didn't know how else to get it. Mm -hmm. Storming off in hoofs like a fucking teenager because I didn't know how else to get what I wanted. I didn't know. So we I act like a teenager. And Leslie would say that sometimes I still do. <laughs> yeah, I think all, all men do. But something I've took into my program, Discipline X, that I really learned well from you was just the importance of showing up at the start. Like, and I mean daily, not showing up when things are going well, but showing up when things don't fucking go well. How yeah. important is that, man? Well, I think that, that, that consistency is king. Yeah. Consistency is king. As boring as it is, like, you think about this, like, people, people... If you look at my profile, for example, my social media, my Instagram, my Facebook podcast, it works because it's consistent. Yeah. Not because it's necessarily better than anybody else's, but I show up day after day. Here's the, here's the truth. Here's a real-life example from this. Mac has been, and I use this all the time, Mac, uh, or producer Mac, um, has been doing jiu-jitsu the same amount of time as me, but he's much better than me. 
Shouldn't be the case. It's not just because I'm 40 and he's 23, by the way. Although that does factor into it. But he's much better than me. And that's because he may have been doing it for the same amount of time as me, but when I was showing up to two sessions a week, he was showing up to seven and eight, two classes a day. Yeah. So he got better faster. And then guess what? When lockdown happened last time, guess who I trained with six days a week? Mac. Guess what happened? I went from a two-strike white belt to a fucking blue belt in about fucking four months. Yeah. Because I stopped showing up twice a week. I stopped sparring when I felt like it, and I sparred every fucking day. I haven't done a drill for about a year. I'm not even kidding. I've done one drill in about a year. I think people get confused about consistency, though. I, I think when you say the word consistency, do you know what I think most people think? I think they think that if they miss one day, they're inconsistent. Yeah, that's perfection. Yeah, and it's like, well, hold on. Before you think about getting consistent, just don't fucking quit. Yeah, and most people don't know even know what the, the, they don't know what the benchmark is. Mm. They don't know what the standard for consistency is. So I know that consistency. Here's an example. I wanted to, to double down on my meditation this quarter, right? Because this is just the journey that I'm on. I wanted to hit uh, two meditations a day because that has a massive impact on me going from one to two. Massive impact. Like for an extra 15 minutes, it's life changing. So, but I didn't set myself the target of 180 in 90 days because I'm like, what I will do is, or what I've seen happen is, right, well, I can't hit 180 now. There's no point. Or, do you know what, fuck it, I'll catch up later. And then never catch up. And then before you know it, it's gone. It's just drifted and fizzled out. So I said to myself, I'm going to do 150 in 90 days. I'll probably beat that. In fact, I'm about, I think I'm about nine or 10 meditations ahead of where I should be. But that's because I know that I might fuck up. I'm tra- I've got to travel next week for work. I've got to go Bournemouth and London next week for work. That's before I do this fucking stupid run thing. So I know that I'm going to miss some. So I thought, fuck it, I'm going to get ahead of the game now. So yeah, it's a, it's a, I know what consistency looks like. So therefore I have a standard that is a, a, attainable. Still a bit of a stretch. Yeah. But I, I know that if I fuck up once, that doesn't mean that I failed. No, let's face it. You only have to be consistent, what, 18, 90% of the time. You're going to do better than what you're doing from being consistent 0% of the time. But when you think about it, everybody's consistent. Everybody's consistent at something, whether it's something that serves you or not. Yeah, I was talking about this yesterday. I was talking about this yesterday. One thing I hear a lot is, Paul, it's a bit repetitive, all this stuff. Yeah. Journaling's repetitive. Meditation's a bit repetitive, isn't it? Like, yeah, guess what? It's all down to every result you've got in your life is down to your repetitive behaviors. Yeah. You're fat because you repeatedly eat shit. Mm. You, 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 and I'm even going to go as far as saying this. People won't like this. Your current mental health is down to what you've repeatedly thought and the way you've repeatedly treat your body and your mind. Simple, right? Your habits. Now, because you didn't get, again, we don't get depressed by accident. We don't catch it. We don't get anxious by accident. All of that happens as a result of our repetitive behaviors, whether that's the way we act, the way we think, the way that we speak, that what, what we repeatedly watch, what we repeatedly listen to, what we repeatedly eat, what we repeatedly smoke, what we repeatedly sniff. Don't happen by accident that. Your relationship that you're in right now or not in is down to your repetitive behaviors. Your body is down to your repetitive behaviors. Your business, your career, your finances, it's down to your repetitive behaviors. Another name for that is your habits. So it's, it is repetitive because transformation isn't that sexy. The end result is, but sometimes the process isn't. Mm. Think, here's the thing. If I did six sessions in a week, I got destroyed and fucking annihilated and butchered in my own garage for 5.99 of those six sessions. Yeah. The only time I did not the 0.1% of the time that I did not was when Matt was letting me win. Yeah. 
Well, I did a training last week for the guys because you, you will have heard this phrase all the time. I feel like I'm going through the motions. And I'm like, yeah, you are. And they're good motions because if you're not going through these motions, the reason you started with me was because you were going through the motions and you were stuck. Something else. Yeah. So yeah. you have to go through the motions of something. We have, we have oh, to you know I, I love this scene for it. it, it it's, it's called staying in the pocket. You know, in boxing, they talk about staying in the pocket. Yeah. You can get some shots off, right? Yeah. Stay in the pocket. I love that scene when it comes to just doing these repetitive behaviors. You're in the, I'm just in the pocket right now. And, and, I, and I did a training on this last, end of last year. And I talked about this mastering anything. You have to go through that phase of what they call conscious incompetence. You know that you shit at it. Because before you start something, you often don't know you shit at it. You, you don't know what it involves. Like playing golf, for example. You don't know you shit at it until you try and hit the ball. And you miss. Yeah. <laughs> or you shank it into the cow's field. Mm-hmm. But, but it's like the, 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 this phase of inco- unconscious, or oh, sorry, conscious incompetence. I know that I'm shit at it. That phase there is, it's actually proven in science that that's the, the brain produces this thing called myelin, right? Myelin like coats the neurotransmitters in, in your brain. And that's what basically locks down a skill. Because these are all skills, right? Discipline is a skill. And this myelin is released at this, really, it's, it goes down 10 times faster. So your brain releases it 10 times faster when you feel like giving up, when you're at that frustrated part. So when you're frustrated, when you're pissed off, that's actually the time to get excited. Everyone's seen that. I love that. I still love this meme where there's a guy who's got an axe and he's grinding through like a, a tunnel. And then he turns away, and he's about that far away from finding the diamonds in the tunnel. Have you seen that before? It's really right, cool. Right. Yeah, it's good knowledge. It's yeah. really cool, that. And that's the, the case with this. Sometimes yeah. you just want to keep going. It helps, by the way. And this is one thing I want to throw in. It helps if you're not trying to force yourself to do something you hate all the time. Part of the big reason why I was able to get in such great shape last year is because I did jujitsu. I could have tried to force myself to do shit that I hate all the time. Sometimes I did. I was having to do kettlebell fucking workouts and push-ups and that. I'm not a massive fan of all of that. But the fact that I was able to train jujitsu made it much easier to get in shape because I never don't feel like showing up to do jujitsu. Hmm. So that will make it a whole lot easier if I, if, I, if I place a high value on the thing that I'm having to be consistent with. It's easy to be consistent because we're naturally disciplined in some things. It's easy if you choose something that you're naturally motivated about in in terms of not just the result, but in terms of the process, right? Easy. Absolutely, man. I think a lot of boredom comes from false expectations, you know. I think people think they're going to feel amazing all the time, and then they do the same, you know, they do the good habit work, and they, they, it doesn't quite live up to their expectations, you know. Because yeah. we still, even if you have those good habits in place, you still feel like fucking shit sometimes, man. Like you still feel like shit. And I think that's where people think, oh, it's not working. Yes. Mate, it's not you, working. Know, you know, I had this, I had a conversation last week. Someone said to me, oh, Paul, listen, I didn't fill in the journal this week and I had a great week. That means I, I don't need to use the journal, mate. No, you had a great week because of your previous fucking six weeks of filling in the journal, mate. Didn't have a great week this week because you didn't fill in the journal. You, the day that you eat the fruit, is not the day that you plant the seed. Or the day you plant the seed is not the day you eat the fruit. So, for example, we've had a record-breaking fortnight inside of my business. I have done no work because I've been sick, because I had the bereavement, and I was really sick last week. Didn't do anything. I feel like I haven't done anything for two weeks. A record-breaking two weeks. Like, dude, big cheese, right? 
But that's not because I didn't do anything for two weeks. It would be easy for me to say, oh, I haven't done anything for two weeks. I may as well keep that going. I'm getting results. Those results came from the weeks, the months, and the years previously. Does that make sense? Of course it does. It's like not going to the gym for one week and saying, yeah, I feel great, so I'm never going to go again. It's, it's... We call that, I like to call that a lag indicator. A lag indicator is basically what happens as a result of the actions that I've taken. A lead indicator is, am I doing the work? Yes or no. But there's a bit of freshness. You know, if you've been doing the same routine for a while, even if it serves you and you do something else that even if it doesn't serve you, it's going to feel good because it's fucking new. It's different. Yeah. Oh, I haven't journaled today. Great. It's exciting. Yeah. It's rebellious. It's, do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's quite tasty. But we all know that, like, the reason people it's start with you. you on the bus. Yeah. 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 Like watching porn and having a wank <laughs> when you're married feels great. It's took 50 minutes for you to say something about porn. <laughs> I'm quite happy with that. I was thinking, hey, nothing offensive. Well, that offensive. Watching porn's great the first few times. It might be great every time, but until your wife finds out that you're fucking wanking off instead of hunting her. Yeah. I haven't watched porn for about five years now. Have you not? No. Jeez, well fucking played, mate. That's yeah. Nice. Dude, it was That's tough. It was tough to give up, man. It was really hard to give up. Yeah, I've got well, a couple of things. <laughs> so, um, well, if you can't stop watching porn, that means you're addicted to it. I'm like, oh, fuck you, I'm not addicted. Watch this. Yeah, yeah. I said that. Then Leslie yeah. hated it. Leslie did hate it. Dude. Leslie hated it because I was like a walking hard on. Um, I'm aware you've got uh, another another stream you have to do after this, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm just hoping it gives me a crown and fits. With, with Mr. Sue Kane. Before we finish, dude, uh, I always like to ask people at this at the end just about any cool books you've been reading, any cool films you've seen, anything wicked you're watching on Netflix, just anything good, anything you want to yeah. share that's been For fun. the last year and a half, I've never read less. You've personal never read less? I've never read less books, personal development-wise, podcast-wise, audiobook-wise. Um, I'm reading, <laughs> I read a lot of fiction. People don't know this about me. I read a lot of fiction. And one book I'm reading at the minute, it's called The Kings of the Wild. It's fucking amazing. It's like a, it's like Lord of the Rings. It's like, actually, it's not like, it's like Game of Thrones, but funny as fuck and with zombies and trolls and all kind of mad shit in it. Um, what else is happening? What else am I reading? Um, I am reading, uh, I'm rereading The Values Factor right now because I'm working with Dr. John Martini next month. Oh, you're going again. Yeah. yeah, I'm on a course with him, and then uh, he is coming in to deliver a workshop inside of Unstoppable Online. Can't wait which, for that. Cannot which, wait. You see his hourly rate? Oof. I did. Jeez. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. I'll be charging that one day. And, and then, that's on fucking Zoom. <laughs> I know. That's on Zoom. That's from the comfort of his living room. It's fucking like, insane. He lives on a ship. I know. <laughs> I he lives on a ship. Um, I'm watching right now Billions on Sky Atlantic. It's amazing. Ah, okay, cool. And if you were going to recommend, maybe let's say, let's say a dude who's struggling a little bit. He's he's not in too much pain, but he's he's fucking bored. Feels like he's got no purpose. Is there any book that you can recommend, or should you just sign up for your fucking program? No, <laughs> go to uh, Audible, type in my name, and get that book. It's a bestseller. You'll see the bestseller label on it. It went to number four on Apple Books. I think we- what's it called? It's called Paul Mort will save your life. Cool. Yeah, and you don't have to be in much pain to be inspired by this fucking thing. Yeah, boss man, I uh, I know you're a very busy guy, so uh... Thank you so much for having me on. I've had a blast. Normally, I'll tell you the truth, I do a lot of these podcast style things. A lot yeah. of them. we have to. This is a big headed as fuck statement to say, but we actually have to vet a lot of them. Yeah. Because again, we get so many requests, and there's a couple of things that are that are. Uh, that normally happens. One, answer the same fucking questions over and over again. Mm-hmm. Two, and I'm so glad you didn't ask me this. 
that ask me, can you tell everybody a little bit about it? It does me fuck. That question is a shoe off I away from you to fuck off. Well, I'm not wrong, but I assume people who are going to be watching know enough about you. And uh, I'm more interested in your, your current thought process, your current methods, and, and how you're helping people now. I think we know you've had it rough, and that's why you yeah. do what you do. But it's more of a chat. Yeah, I was a bit nervous today, man, just having you on. Yeah, I was a bit nervous today. I haven't been nervous having a guest on yet. Um, I thought you were worried about which Paul Moore was going to show up. Is it going to be No, <laughs> no not at all. Like I say, it's a big deal for me. You, you, you've played uh, an instrumental role in my life, you know. You're, uh, you're proud so of you, just so you know. Huh? I'm very proud of you, just so you know. Thank you, man. And uh, the reason why I continue to work with you and why I continue to work with you, uh, and, and I will do for, for a long time, is because you keep stepping up. You keep throwing out these new levels and, 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 you know, whilst you, whilst you do that, you're going to, you're going to continue to, to keep guys like myself in the program. That's for sure. Come on. Just like, yeah. this fixed. That's fucking nuts when I threw it right down there. Just quickly. Have you listened to any Mike Tyson stuff lately? He's fucking phenomenal. No. Dude. That's a, that, random, yeah, that's a random left field. When you did that, I thought of Mike Tyson. I'm going to send you a video. Dude, he's brilliant. That guy. I don't know if you saw his last fight with uh, Roy Jones. But no, just what he says now, his philosophy is amazing. Yeah, I'm not, yeah dude, honestly. He's, well, he's mate, a, on Friday, him and Frank Bruno have this thing coming out. Yes. Yeah. It's on Sky, though, I think. Sky documentary. I can't wait for that. Is Look. it this Friday? It's coming out, isn't it? Yep. Cannot See, wait. You call Frank Bruno goes out there in that, right? Yeah, because he does a lot for the mental health charities now. He had a breakdown, didn't he? Yeah, he's bipolar, ain't he? Yeah. Yeah. He's almost yeah. Dude, I'd love, to, I'd love you to start working with somebody like that like you know somebody in the limelight that you could really do some great work with that could yeah, get you there's so many people who i say to leslie i'm like leslie he needs my help yeah. he needs my help he needs my help he needs my help it's just maybe i'm not a big enough name myself yet i'm not stopping Don't stop boss mate thank you so much absolute pleasure yeah, great to you. thank you for having me on mr paul fucking more thanks Bye, boss. Yes. Ladies, man.